Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Janet Marana, Executive Director of Priest for Life. Welcome to our program. Well, I am so honored and privileged today because my dear friend is here to join me, and I know you're going to want to hear from her. Her name is Dr. Alveda King, and she's the niece of Martin Luther King Jr., and boy, does she have a story to tell, and we're going to delve into abortion and women and the black community. Welcome to the program, Alveda. Hey, Janet. Hey, <laughs> this is a through the years kind of a conversation. That's right. This and of great. course, I'll never forget the day you called me <clears throat> and said, Janet, I'm ready to be Silent No More. Because mm -hmm. as you know, I co-founded Silent No More with Georgia Forney. And, uh, you know, I didn't know you had an abortion experience. And, you know, you had gone through healing and different things. And you know, kept it under wraps for a while. Yeah. What made you say, I'm ready to share my story right now? I was realizing I became pro-life in 1983. Right. And at that time, I would quote my uncle Martin Luther King Jr., uh, mm -hmm. the Negro cannot win if he's willing to sacrifice the futures of his children for personal comfort and safety. That's perfectly true. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So I would speak about it more objectively. Right. And I did that for many, many years. And, and when I met Father Frank in 1999, for example, in my own testimony, I never talked about my own abortions. Right. Now, I would tell people privately when I was counseling or working with folks about it, but I never really publicly talked about mm -hmm. it. And so that particular time I had met you with Silent No More and Teresa and Kevin over at uh, Rachel's Vineyard and certainly working with Father Frank from the civil rights perspective. And I realized that every time I told people about my own abortion, then it would make a difference. Right. And I realized that I needed to publicly do it. And the best place to do it was with Silent No More. Right. But let's just look a minute for the black community women, right? Right. It's kind of like People know kind of who had an abortion a lot of times within a certain family or in a certain church or neighborhood or something. Right. But what is it about, especially with the black women, that they kind of really keep it like hush? You know, like you, you're not supposed to be talking about these right, things. Right. Explain to us so we can understand that a little bit more. Well, even today, and I've had prayer warriors in the black community and <clears throat> leaders. Well, why do you have to talk about you had an abortion? Or why do you have to say that... Uh, People have a lot of abortions. You don't have to say that. God has forgiven you, right? Yes, God has forgiven me. Jesus has forgiven me, the blood of Jesus. And then they would say, well, why do you have to talk about it? But I remember God said to me, if you will give your testimony publicly. When I say say it, just in prayer. And I begin to understand in my prayers, if I would tell, if I would share, and be like the woman at the well or the woman caught in the act, then it would be a testimony that would help others. Mm 
Right. So I've had people in the black community when I, you're Martin Luther King's niece. Uh, why would you, with all of your reputation, go out and say you had an abortion? We don't talk about that. Well, if we don't talk about it, then right. people would think they're the only one and they're so shameful and they will bury their head in shame and all of that. But when we re realize it's a community issue and that black women are particularly targeted, you can ask Abby Johnson, a lot of other people who have discovered that. Well, the statistics that. prove itself And out. the statistics show That's right. that the racist Margaret Sanger, mm -hmm. who founded Planned Parenthood, who met with the Ku Klux Klan, said that colored people are like weeds, and they they need to be exterminated. Terminated. We don't That's want the right. word to get out. So let's really, in other words, let's package it and make it look like we're doing a, them a favor to abort their kids. Right. Yeah. So now you did, of course, come out and tell your testimony. Yeah. And so what was the reaction among your friends in the black community like yeah. when you first started being so public? <clears throat> what did, what what was the reaction? They were in such shock, and then and it really <laughs> sadly, and this had happened before that but not on a massive scale, but places where I was very welcomed and esteemed and come and speak and all that, they began, oh, we don't want her. I became a pariah at first, and for a long time that happened. And then later, uh, after I came on full-time with Priest for Life, and Father Frank says, you need to talk to this young lady, Day Gardner, and this man, Arnold Colbreth. So there were three organizations at the time who were willing to put blacks in leadership positions. Right, right. And so we began to talk and then more and more more leaders came and more leaders came. And I remember the conversation with uh, Father Frank. I said, Father Frank, we need to go out into the community. Mm -hmm. And let's ha even have a, a small budget so we can do a prayer breakfast or something. And we agreed, if we can go into a black community and one person shows up, then it's worth it. And over the next rapidly short period of time, we would have 15 at a meeting, 20 at a meeting. We ended up with a hundred at a prayer breakfast, all that kind of thing. And then the other black leaders began to come forth and other uh, organizations would say, there's something to this. So in telling my own testimony, meeting others with testimonies and watching it grow, and we started out African-American outreach. Right, and then we changed to Civil Rights for Civil the Unborn. Civil Rights for the Unborn because human <laughs> dignity actually is for everybody. Right. And we had to kind of <clears throat> embrace everybody. Yeah. And so now, of course, I, I'll never forget, too, your mom mm. had a testimony. And mm. I'll never forget, mm. I think we were um, leaving uh, Aunt Coretta's funeral. Um, Where well, I told everybody that you and Father Frank are my family. My you, family. They're coming up to the front of the <laughs> line. And then they asked this Caucasian Catholic priest in a room full of preachers to pray over everybody at the family oh, gathering. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Your cousin Bernice, yes, we were there at yes. her home that morning before we went to the Ebenezer Baptist Church. Right. And all your relatives, every one of them was a reverend. Preachers, everybody was. All standing around, and, and she turns to, I, you know, I think Bernice did that. I think your cousin Bernice, which, by the way, is Martin Luther King's daughter. Yeah, that's Junior's right. daughter. That's true. I think she looked around and said, uh-oh, if I which ask... Which one, if any of them? They're going to be offended. That's oh, but true. But if I ask the Catholic priest, ah, I'm What safe. can we say? <laughs> but, so and she, he gave a, a powerful kind of Baptist-like Catholic prayer. She, he, so, yeah. yeah, I think he, he surprised them. He did, he did. But I remember, you know... We had gone to then to the funeral. It was a beautiful service for for Coretta, and then we went to I think it was a Hyatt or something where there was it a was reception. It was a Hyatt. Actually, it was a Hyatt. And I'm out on the the curb there outside. The, we're getting ready to go to the airport, and your mom says 
said to me publicly there, and you didn't yeah, even know. I didn't. Well, Janet, um, I think I have a testimony. Ms. Naomi, she said, I have a testimony to share, too. So, and then that was the first time you heard your mother's testimony. The fullness of she wanted to abort me, and yeah. my granddaddy said no. Uh -huh. And he said, that's a little girl. I saw her in a dream three years ago. She has bright skin <laughs> and bright red hair, uh -huh. and uh, she's going to bless many people. And all of that did come to pass. And then I began to realize, because mom, when I was little, oh, you're just a pest. Go sit down. Oh, don't ruin this for me. And I, and I, I felt like it was so funny. It's, and we've had many come to Jesus moments on this conversation. Matter of fact, she came on the TV with you and Father Frank. That's right. She told her story. And we actually had it. Yeah. And I said, Mom, I'm, you know, I'm here and you're here. And her testimony is now recorded, so you can see it. It's still in archives at Priest, right? Yeah, we still have it's it. It's still and, there. Mm -hmm. And I think the important part of that whole testimony was, here your mother was, you know, she, she was looking forward to going uh, college, to college. And getting a good job, helping to support right. her mother, yeah. and then get married later, because she was, right. you know, was right. a sweetheart. Mom and Daddy were sweethearts, her Boaz. Right. But they wanted to finish college and get some things in place, and then... Here I came. That's right. Oh, boy. So, yeah. But then that all fit together then because she used to then scold you sometimes. Oh, you're always a uh, Vita. She used to call you. Yeah, Alvia. yeah. Vita, you're always ruining things for me. Yeah. So don't you think at, at that moment, like this is why I think it's so important for people to realize these testimonies are important. They are. Because keeping them secret, here there was your relationship was kind of. Was even kind of edgy with her. And I mean, <laughs> we just became really, really close. And interestingly enough, because people always say, you get pregnant, you have a baby to ruin your life, you can't finish college, you want to get a good job, da, da, da. Mother finally received her honorary doctorate degree. She has traveled all over the world. Right. She has a book. She has now been recognized as a mentor and speaker to young people. She has her own 501c3. Wow. And the same kind of thing with me, you know, <laughs> I did have secret abortions and a miscarriage because of damage, and I repented, and I was able to birth six children, have 11 grandchildren right now and I you know I have an earned doctorate degree an honorary doctorate degree TV shows just all this kind of thing so having babies does not ruin the life of a mother that's right it does not and especially a black woman that's right because they try that's to right. make it sound like oh yeah you, you better get an abortion because, because you'll never be, be able to you're accomplish be on, anything the yeah. whole life's gonna be ruined yeah it's gonna be ruined yeah. right yeah I mean that's the lie that keeps getting perpetuated right and, and what I find, you know, Alvita, after you came out with your story and you really were out there with me speaking, didn't you find every time we would finish speaking at an event, other women would be coming up? They would be drawn. And, but yeah. with your Sally No More is still an increasingly growing proof and evidence of that. Women that you would never expect to see coming forth. Right. And now men. <laughs> sharing their story. As a matter of fact, is that whole program now each month with a different thing, grandparents, grandchildren, yes, children, yep. mm -hmm. community, etc. And so it's a movement that grows because it empowers people, it encourages people to come forth and be healed. Now, don't you think, uh, especially in the black community, in the black churches, mm -hmm. and we know that's a big problem there, uh, there's a silence on this topic. Women are still hiding it and they're encouraged by the pastors. 
and the leaders, oh, don't talk about that. And, and but well, unfortunately, isn't that because some of those very pastors have had abortion experiences in the past? It's right? either them or other members of or their, their wives or right. whomever, mm -hmm. and they want to keep it quiet and hide it and push it away. And uh, I, I have that experience all the time now, though, when I approach. And it's not just a black church because it's the same thing in all of the churches, all the denominations, all the churches, all right. the faiths. And this is because, you know, even mm, I need to be very careful when I say that because there's so much turmoil going on now with Hamas and Israel and everything. But when I went to Israel, I was told by the pro-life community, people over here believe that nobody gets abortions. Now, this was in Israel several years ago. And... Uh, they were saying, please help us to reach our women as well. So I'm just mentioning that it's a widespread issue. It's right. definitely in the black community. Mm -hmm. It's definitely in the Christian community. Right. But it's widespread across every ethnicity and uh, every religion. Right. And of course, Alvita, you have been very vocal about your uncle. Right. Yeah. And uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And you had said, well, if Uncle Martin and my daddy, A.D. King, were alive today, you said they would definitely be working in the pro-life movement. They would be pro-life. Wouldn't. You? So what makes you feel that way? Well, one thing about it, the terms pro-life, pro-choice, politically divisive <laughs> and people get to arguing and fighting. So I enjoy going to my grandfather's words to my mother. We don't abort babies. That's a baby. She's a girl. She's my granddaughter. Or Martin Luther King Jr. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Or my dad, A.D. King. Uh, some people are more concerned about making a living than making a life. So these are things that I grew up hearing from the members of my family. And it made me realize that that is pro-life, a sanctity of life language. Right. So today, would Martin Luther King Jr. join the pro-life movement, he would be saying exactly everything he's always said. Father Frank likes to do the Christmas sermon right. that he did in 68 uh, before he was uh, killed. Killed, right. And uh, he said, well, 67, because he was killed in 68, Christmas. And he says, when you learn to value the human personality, you won't kill anybody. Right. Or the Negro cannot win if he's willing to sacrifice the futures of his children for immediate personal confidence, safety, or injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So I know for sure mm -hmm. that my family, especially the ones, my elders, my ancestors, were fully, we call it today pro-life, and I'll say sanctity of life to take it away from the political sting of the language. Right, right. But they would <clears throat> never agree that it was okay to kill a baby in the womb. They right. just, they wouldn't, <laughs> they would not. No. So, you know, we're gonna be talking about this program now during Black History Month, as, as mm -hmm. you know, rolls around every year. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> what can, what, what can pro-lifers who wanna help the black community, who wanna help get the message out, right. what would you recommend for them? Well, the thing that never had happened a, a long time ago, Day Gardner, my very close friend, and by the way, you know, I used to talk about a TV show, The Vision, forever, mm -hmm. and we did a pilot many years ago, and we revisited it now, and The Vision is airing in 2024 with Day, me, and a young lady, Destiny Yarbrough. But Day would say, when you have a party, don't just invite me to the party. Let me be on the planning committee, or let's do it at my house instead of your house. So what we don't get is, why don't the blacks come to our meetings? Right. But we never have the meeting <laughs> in the black community uh, in concert with the black leaders planning it. Mm 
Right. And when we don't do that, and but we had great success and still do with Priest Pro Life, wonderful relationships with the National Black Pro Life Coalition, right, or the Pro Life Freedom Rides that we did, and yeah. we got it, and we had much success. Mm -hmm. So we can't divide ourselves by skin color into groups and then wonder why we can't do anything together. Right. Yeah. So it's the idea is then <clears throat> what we're saying, Elvira, is in, invite the the people in your church, the yeah. black people in your yeah. church. You know, let's say there's multiple different races, ethnicities, groups, and all that. Right in the church, but if you want to bring in more of the black community, you have to invite them. You're saying to the table yeah. in the planning stages. That's right. Not just oh, here's the date. Please show up. No, get them around the table and say. Well, what kind of an event do you yeah. think you'd like to help us plan? That's get it. their input, get their buy-in, yeah. and then you're going to have a chance that they will participate. And right? we bring our prayers, <laughs> our money, our ideas, our thoughts, our energy, and right. we all bring it all together to the table. You know, it was so funny. Uh, I kept talking to my pastor and his wife, Alan McNair and Anna. They passed away now. And it's the children who, who have stepped up. But Father Frank, somehow... The first time he came, I remember Alan McNair, Pastor McNair, said to Father Frank, would you like to come up and say something? So Father Frank did. And then he was invited back, and he preached a sermon on Lazarus. So I'm sitting there, how in the world is he going to put Lazarus and abortion all together to get it? So Father Frank, at the end of the sermon, and when it's time for life to come, Christ said to Lazarus, who was wrapped in grave clothes, Lazarus, come forth. And out of the grave came Lazarus. Wow. He said, it's time to let the babies of America come forth. Oh, wow. And the members of the, amen, amen. <laughs> so that he got that message got in there. He got that message That's in great. there. And, uh, and I just remembered that when you asked about it. Yeah. So that kind of message resonated in our congregation. Where, they would have, where it would have taken another kind of message at another congregation. Right. So it needs to all come together. Yeah. So in the closing moments here, if someone is listening right now and they know someone, maybe they themselves, who's heard from an abortion, they've kept it stuffed down, what can you say to them about taking those first steps to abortion recovery? What would you say? The first thing, I want to invite those who see this to go visit those sites. Visit uh, the conversation with Naomi King and Janet Morana, Frank Pavone, and Alveda King. Go see Janet's evergreen song, Silent No More Awareness. You remember you produced that. Yeah. And it has changed and touched so many lives. And of course, there's Rachel's Vineyard. Rachel's Vineyard. We're going to go on with that. And those, those, the program over Silent No More, the 12 different months where you can apply efforts. So, and, and then pregnancy care centers and pregnancy homes and their opportunities to help mothers and fathers and grandparents and communities. So I would actually say you're not alone. Right. You're not the only one. Yeah. God has not abandoned you. God doesn't hate you for that choice. He hates the decision and the choice, but not you. So there's love, there's hope, and there's healing. We just have to go for it. Right. Well, thank you, Alvina, for thank joining you, me. It's a blessing, as always, to have you here Love with you me. <laughs> always. Always. Well, brothers and sisters, I hope you learned something. 
And if you want to find where the nearest abortion recovery program is to where you live, just go to abortionforgiveness.com. Again, abortionforgiveness.com. Put in your zip code. You will see where help is available for you today. And remember, brothers and sisters, we have to get the word out because there are some lives only you're going to save from an abortion. Join us again next time. Thank you and God bless. Well, hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life, and we are here at our headquarters with our correspondence associate and our coordinator for public outreach, Mary Stein. Many of you may have been in touch with her as you send us your comments and questions. Mary, thank you for being here. Yes, good to be here. You're still enjoying doing this service for people here at Priests for Life and answering all their pro-life questions? Yes, it's very nice. <laughs> so we have, tell us how we serve our, our audience when they have a question about abortion or the pro-life movement or how they can get more involved. Yes, so if you go to prolifequestions.com, um, you can submit your questions there um, and I'll be you know, answering them for you. And also it might not just be you know, a simple question, it may be you know, having more of a conversation with me, um, especially if you wanna get involved you know, we might talk about, you know, what your vocation in life right now is, you know, if you're a mother or, you know, if you're a full-time worker, it's going to look different for everyone. Um, so, mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of information we have at Preach for Life, you help people to find it. Even those who navigate our website, there's so much there mm -hmm. that sometimes a little email to you or a question on that page will help them get to the resource more quickly. Yes. And uh, we can also recommend, based on what they're asking or what they're trying to do, uh, what the best resources are. Books, brochures, you're always sending them out. Videos, you're pointing them to. Training videos, a lot of material. So thanks for navigating all that and helping people find it quickly and uh, continue the good work. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so friends, again, ProLifeQuestions.com. Go there with any and all of your questions. We also like to hear your stories about your pro-life efforts and successes or any obstacles you might face. Let us know and we'll help you to navigate that as well. God bless you. Thank you, Mary. Yes, thank and you. And thank you all brothers and sisters. God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.